Welcome everyone to our third episode, our fourth episode. Again, I'm screwing up the. Well, one was a two-parter. One was a two-parter of Statspeak uh, for our second season. So this is our June episode, along with Dominic Campana. I'm Moses Messina. Dom, how you been, buddy? Great. Great. So oh, good. Oh God, ringing, ringing with energy. Well, the Red Ripe Sox. The Red Sox score like ten runs a game. How can I not be good how right now? How many did they score last night? They scored one. Gotcha. We are taping this on Thursday, June 10th. Um, you know, a lot of things have happened across the game. You know, a lot of ebbs and flows. Our last podcast, Dom, uh, Dom bragged about his AL Central prediction with the Chicago Which White gonna, Sox. We'll, we will we'll get, get into we'll later, get into but and you know, we'll get into later how wrong he was. But our first thing. We'll get into our first number we'll introduce. As you know, you could also follow us on Twitter at StatspeakMD. You can email us with ideas, uh, StatspeakMD at gmail.com. You can follow myself at MosesMesita16. You can follow Dom at DomC117. So our first number is 2.8. That is the war, according to Fangraphs, for Cubs second baseman Ben Zobris. That is the second highest among second basemen in the majors this year. Uh, Jose Altuve is first with 3.4. Daniel Murphy, who is hitting 376 this season, has the third highest among second sackers at 2.7, while Neil Walker of the Mets is the seventh highest at 1.8. With the three teams currently among the top five in the National League, all three teams were interested in Ben Zobris this offseason, which kind of has shaped the whole National League playoff picture. So, Dom, I ask you, Will the winner of the National League be the team that has Ben Zobers? First off, um, did you think you were going to say a phrase like second sackers and I was going to let it go, let it fly? Like What? Second sacker? I, look, I understand what you're referencing there, but I don't think anybody's called it second sackers since like the days of Shoeless Joe Jackson and Hippo <laughs> Vaughn. But anyway, um, wait, do I think that the, the winner of the National League will be the, t- the Cubs? I mean, you said the yeah. team that will have... The, yeah. I don't think necessarily. I think I, another thing I want to ask is like, when did second base become like the powerhouse position? Like you said, you said that he was second to Jose Altuve, yeah. a second baseman, right? And then there's Dan Murphy, and then there's Neil Walker, and then there's Dustin Pedroia who's having a resurgence. There's so many good Jason second basemen. Jason Kipnis, Ian Kinsler, so many fantastic Chase second basemen. Chase even had a good year for the Dodgers, and the Pirates. Josh Harrison's even having. Rugnado Dor's been fantastic Joe for Pan. the Rangers this year. Um, Gene so, Segura. So I guess the point there is that second base has been really good this year. Um, it's just kind of weird how it worked out. Zobris goes to the Cubs, he's been really good. Murphy goes to the Nats, he's been really good. The Mets get Neil Walker almost has a consolation prize, and the guy's been, has, what, 14 home runs this year, uh, 842 OPS, he's been fantastic this year. So, it's just kind of weird how it worked out. Um, well, you could because if you're, if you're the Cubs, you're not unhappy you got Zobris, like, you paid a lot for an older guy, but he's been really good. The, but if you're the Mets, you're not unhappy you didn't get him because right. you sit, spent that money elsewhere and you got a second baseman right. and it worked out really because well. Because if you. you look at, let's say, let's play out if Zobris went to the Mets. Okay, then the Mets probably don't get you on Cespedes back. Yeah. And then Murphy and Cespedes would probably be on the Nationals. Mm-hmm. And the Cubs would still be fine. They'd probably just have Javi Baez start at second base the whole season. So the Cubs. If you look at how the Zobers thing is most affected, if he went to the Mets, the Mets are probably worse off. If he went to the Nationals, probably be the same where they are at. And if he was at and him, if he wasn't on the Cubs, 
I don't think the Cubs would not be. They'd probably not lead the division by ten games. Right. But they'd probably lead the division by five, maybe yeah. six. Well, I mean, how much of this is is Zobers being good, and how much is it that he's the seventh best hitter in his offense, or the you know he's not. That's not true, but. I, I think with Zobrist, the thing he does with that Cubs team is I think he's the most consistent hitter. He's the I feel like he's less slump proof than a Bryant or Rizzo who hasn't really even taken off this year. Uh, Dexter Fowler has been unbelievable this year. Yeah, that's, that's... Um, Jason Hayward has slumped, but because of getting Ben Zobrist, it's kind of offset the whole Jason Hayward. It's kind of taking the pressure off David Hayward because if. Zobrist wasn't on the team. Maybe the focus is hypersensitive. Oh, completely taking the pressure off of Hayward. Nobody's even talking about the fact that he's been pretty mediocre so far this year. Yes. But but offensively, I don't think anybody expected him to suddenly be really good. By the way, we were throwing out second baseman. I don't think either either of us even mentioned MVP candidate Robinson Cano. I didn't. I don't oh, know. I didn't. Yeah. Right? Second yeah. base is crazy. You know what? Because right I was looking at the war, and he is fourth in war. Yeah. Two point five. Yeah. Just, second base is just pretty absurd this year. Um, so more to the point as we expand on, you know, the three teams in the National League, we talked before we got on air about the Cubs, and we, we know how great the Cubs are this season, how they are on pace to win 116 games, they are 41-17, they lead the Central by nine and a half games. Do you think, the? I mean, we'll expand on this further later, but... Is, should we just book the Cubs for the World Series, or do you have you seen some holes in them early on? This well, year? I, I no, they're not going to keep the pace up. No, of course, I haven't seen holes, but that's their hole. Right, <laughs> like like I haven't seen holes, but there's no way that they're going to go the whole season without having a hole. And we're going to kind of touch on this later in the episode in our third segment. We're kind of mixing things up a little bit this time, um, but. We discussed this, and we pretty much agreed before the, before we got on air here, is that Jason Hamill currently has a two one four ERA, not going to last. John Lester's not a two oh six ERA pitcher all season. John Lackey with a two six three, no way. Oddly enough, the the one I buy the most is Kyle Hendricks, who's at an age where he's kind of breaking out. He's at a two nine. That's a pretty sustainable good ERA for a guy that's been pretty good since he's been in the last couple of years. He's been in the league. You're, um, you're, so I buy Hendricks. I might even buy Arietta at a one eight zero because that's what he did last year. Your highest whip on the team is Jason Hamill at one oh eight. Yeah, um, I, I just don't see. Like it's tough to say. Like like they're not good because all those guys have been so good, but they can't. They can't last, right? right. They just can't. And, and the offense has actually been a little up and down. A right. little spot. Anthony Rizzo only has uh, is only hitting. 259, but he has an OPS of 905. He's had a little bit of an up and down year. Yeah. I can tell you, as Chris a fantasy Br- owner of Anthony Rizzo, he was very bad Chris for Bryant, a couple of weeks. Chris Bryant, 284. He's been probably the second most consistent, the third most consistent. No, I'd say second most because Fowler even slumped a little bit towards the end of May. Um, yeah, I, I think the Cubs are, are great, but I think the one ringing red flag we all saw with the Cubs was when they played the Giants. Now, I do think a team... They haven't really faced one of the premier teams. I mean, they faced the national... the Pirates a couple of times. I feel like the Pirates and Cardinals, just it's now a mental block with them, with the Cubs. Because I think the record, I believe now, the Cubs have against the Pirates and, and Cubs, they are 9-3. and three. Again, sorry, the Pirates and the Cardinals, they're 9-3. and three. I think that's a mental block. I'm seeing... When they played the Giants, they just didn't look like the Cubs. 
They weren't. They were making errors. They weren't hitting well. They weren't coming up in clutch spots. I think a better team can be. They did play the Nationals early in the year when Scherzer wasn't at his best. They beat him, um, and they didn't face Strasburg in that series. I do think good pitching can be in the face of the Mets for seven games in July. So we'll see with that. Hey, Hayward, Jason Hayward's looking three thirteen this year. Three thirteen. I, I, you know, whatever. You're good. You're good. Has a higher slugging percentage than Jason. Okay. Can can we as a national baseball whatever? Podcast. Can everybody stop with the Madison Bumgarner slugging percentage? Everybody going nuts over it. How many plate appearances does the guy have? And he has two home runs. Great. Of course you're gonna have you're gonna have a high slugging percentage when you have two home runs and a small amount of player appearance. It's a small sample size, so the slugging percentage has a chance. I will be more impressed if he has eleven home runs. So what? So what? I don't. Ace of Baseball stats tweeted that out that it was before it was before Bumgarner Bumgarner's game the other day that in the last 190 plate appearances at the time this was like last week that Trout had eleven home runs in his last 190, Harper had eleven home runs in his last 190, and Bumgarner had eleven in his last 190. Let it, let's see him hit every day and see if he's actually a good hitter. Okay, I'm sick of these inflated. Don't you, but don't you think though it could be harder to hit once every fifth day than it is to hit every day? I think I'm not going to be impressed by a really strong world class athlete being able to poke one over the seats a oh, couple wait times a, a year and everybody made, going nuts. He poked one. These aren't like poke jobs. I don't care. If, I don't care. If, I don't care if they just go over the seats or where they go. But he's a world-class athlete. He's 26 years old. Yes, Madison Bumgarner is only 26 Pitchers years old, which is amazing. Good by hitters, the way. that's why. Right, but sometimes they are, and that's not going to excite rarely me. Rarely they are. I wouldn't. I don't think if he was an everyday player, he would be that good. And a slugging percentage on that small amount of plate appearances does not impress me. Everybody loves to talk about oh, his slugging percentage is so good. Oh, he has a better. It's how many plate appearances does he have? This season, he has 37 play appearances. Right. That's the equivalent of, like, what, six games for a... Uh, for, a little for more a, than that, probably. Yeah. Uh, like, eight. Right. For a major yeah. leaguer. Okay. Right. So, if you're a major league hitter and you have you play an eight-game span and you happen way, to maybe be on a hot stretch and you hit two home runs in that before, span. Because Dom got, uh, just had a coronary just now, or a slugging percentage, it's not like Madison Bungar's slugging percentage is even that high. It's only 353 this year. But everybody goes nuts over it. Oh my God, he's the best hitter. He's such a good hitting. I mean, he, hitting had, he hit pitcher. five home runs last year. So what? He's he still has five hits in thirty-seven plate appearances right. this year. That's who will have more home runs this year? Madison Bumgarner or Jason Hayward? Jason Hayward will. That's not even. That's that's obviously he will. First of all, he has more now. Three to two. Yes. So he has more. And he's never hit less than 11 in a season. You're telling me that even if he hits, let's say he only hits 8. Let's say he only hits 6. It's more than Madison Bumgarner's going to hit. But that's that's a digression. That's let's, that's going off yeah, on a tangent. But go, that is something that's really bugged me lately. Clearly. Really bugged clearly. me. Clearly. Let's go to the other team in Chicago. Okay. All right. Well, we're, we're jumping off. The, we, so, so basically to yeah, sum I'm it up, yeah. the Cubs are good. To sum it up, the Cubs are good, and to sum it up, I think... And second basemen are good, because that's really where we started there, and we didn't, but... Uh, okay, you, uh, before we do move on to the White Sox, 
the 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 Daniel Murphy thing also. Like I I do want to speak upon this because I feel like as a Met fan, this has gotten a little bit out of control because the Mets are struggling offensively, and it's been and I think the Daniel Murphy hot streak has also kind of because Daniel Murphy when he was a Met could play third base, could play first base, and could play second base. Lucas Dudas is out, Lucas Dudas out with a stress fracture in his back. That's their first baseman. David Wright has a neck injury, has a herniated disc in his neck. He's out for a prolonged period of time. So everyone's thinking, well, the Mets had Daniel Murphy. They were going to play those positions. The Mets had Daniel Murphy. They wouldn't have Daniel Walker. They'd be really in the same circumstances they are this year. And the main reason why Daniel Murphy is not a Met is defense. And everyone has got to remember that with Daniel Murphy. We all know he could hit. It's defense that's been an issue. Now, he hasn't had... He had one game against the Mets a couple of Wednesdays ago where he made an error that led to a big run that led to the Mets' second run of the game. But he hasn't had those Daniel Murphy moments that Mets fans are so predicated to. Maybe because I'm not watching every game, or maybe it's because the Nationals' homeristic broadcast and telecast and beat writers aren't focusing on those. But I just think people need to remember, Neil Walker, though he made two errors last night in Pittsburgh when he made his return, I think he's made three errors there since during this series, I do think Neil Walker's the better defensive player. And I think that's what everyone needs to remember when it comes down to I, when we talk about I, that position. I think it's I, I think it's no question. I, th- yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, the defensive run saved relatively close this year. Neil Walker is, a minus, is at minus three. Dan Murphy's at minus six, which is 22nd um, in the league. And Ben Zobris is at plus one. He's eighth, of course. Ben Zobris is a good defender. Mm-hmm. Uh I, but I agree, you're right, the defense thing is a big factor, and everybody forgets that, and I feel like, maybe it's because we live in this area, but there were always Mets fans that defended Dan Murphy's defense, and I don't understand how anybody could do that, right. because he's clearly not a fluid player, No, you watch him, he's, he, it's not errors, like, I don't care about yeah. errors, because yeah, sure, maybe he made a flub, but everybody makes a flub every once in a while, but like, he never looked... I don't know. I never bought it, and I, I bought more the idea that he was not a good defender. And remember, it was also Daniel Murphy's flip to Ruben Tejada that caused the Chase Utley thing. People do forget about the first part. If Murphy gives a better toss, maybe Ruben Tejada isn't... Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I mean, you're right, but it's tough to, like... Like, oh, Dan Murphy's the reason his leg got broken. Like, I don't know. It's not the reason, but... Right. Just saying. By the way, by the way, can you name the uh, leader in defensive runs saved among all second basemen right, in, in I, baseball this year? I had it year? up, so it's it's Dustin Pedroia. Well, that's not fair. I mean, I had it up while you were asking. So. I, but it is Dustin Pedroia. Congratulations. It's yeah, great. Let's saying. see if he plays a full season. I'm just saying. Um, all right, let's go to our second number here. Yeah. Uh, second number is the number 300. We like to do this. It's uh, it's winning percentage. It's the White Sox winning percentage over their last twenty six games. Three hundred. So basically, there's six. Wait, wait. Let me let me finish. Let me let me get through this real quick because okay. it's startling to me. Okay, so so they started the season twenty three and ten, but since then they've lost twenty of twenty six and a team ERA over five in that span. They traded for James Shields, got beat up for seven runs over two innings last night, and um, I, what are they? What are the white? Will the will White Sox please stand up? Which White Sox do you think are more real? The twenty three and ten or the six and twenty? Neither. I agree. Um, they're right now. They've fallen to a game under five hundred. Right. The way. 
here's here's the issue I have with the with the White Sox. And by the way, it, it would have been interesting if we played a higher or lower game of what's higher. The Red Sox, the White Sox winning percentage in the last 26 games, Jason Hayward's slugging percentage, or Madison Bumgarner's slugging percentage. <laughs> that would have been good. That would have um, been good. The, the thing with the White Sox is, okay, Todd Frazier was leading the league in home runs until Mark Trumbull got hot in the last few days. He's also hitting, he's also having a career low batting average. Um, Jose Abreu isn't hitting right now. So there are elements to this team where it's like, okay, you could see where the, sh- you could see how that hot start wasn't going to sustain themselves unless some guys got hot. Like Todd Frazier is hitting 217 this year and a 316 on base. He, Robinson Cano had a similar start to the year where he was only hitting home runs and not getting other hits. All of a sudden, you look at Robinson Cano's numbers, he's hitting over 300, and he's playing like Robinson Cano. And I think that's what people expected Todd Frazier. That hasn't happened. Um, Adam Eaton has come back down to earth a little bit. Um, Melky Cabrera, he's he's still hitting pretty well. And as we said, Jose Abreu, seven home runs and 32 RBIs, and only slugging 407 this year with a 722 on base. And you throw into the fact that Chris Sale has gotten hit around a couple of times his last few starts. It's all and Matt Latos, who was off to a good start. He's now pitching like Matt Latos. So all those things are coming to a head at pretty much the wrong time, and that's why they are six and twenty in their in their last few games. You look back at the game Tuesday night. Todd Frazier hits a three-run home run, puts them up five-two. Latos gives it right back, and they lose ten to five. So. I, I just feel like there's there's they're not going to they're going to be over 500 again. Okay. I do I think they're going to win the central now? No. Well, I the only thing I would say no. to that is this I don't think the central is that strong where I can't say that they won't win the central. And we're again, we're going to get into our discussion of of divisions later, but I I I don't think that I think the division is winnable. Um but I wouldn't bank on them winning it. And sneakily, by the way, Jose Abreu, first of all, 2014, he had his breakout year, um, and it was a very good year, but it was really a great first half, decent second half. Um, Since the All-Star break, 2014, right, he he had 29 home runs in the first half of 2014. Remember, Jose Abreu, big breakout year, comes over from Cuba, 29 home runs in an 81-game span in the first half of that season. Since then, he has a .483 slugging percentage. He only has 44 home runs. In 276 games. Basically what I'm saying is that Jose Abreu's reputation is a little better than, than it always... What? You have a problem? I, you can't see Moses' face. He's giving me that face. I'm saying that their best hitter is overrated and the rest of their offense is not much to me. Uh, 44 home runs over... Can you give me some, like, basis, though? Like, who's four- around him? It's a 483 slugging percentage. I mean, okay, well, which is very good, but we're talking about a guy that's looked at as the best hitter on this team. That is the best hitter on this team, and it's not—it's not as good as the reputation might suggest. I just feel like that 40, 483 is still pretty good, though. It's not bad. I I specifically just said it's still what, good. It's overrated, though. That's yeah, a it's overrated. Harsh. I don't. I think it's. I think he's. I think it's overrated. 
I his mean, OPS fell over 100 points last year from the year before. And right. this year, it's more than 100 points less than that. And whatever, it's early in the year. I don't think he's going to hit 260 with a 722 OPS all year. But we don't have a lot of track record to, to, to go off of to say that. And then you look around the rest of that Dom, offense. To Dom's point, uh, to give it some clarity, um, this 483. Because I instantly looked at 483 and 44 home runs over 275 games and thought it wasn't that bad. But that on that slugging percentage drinks 30th in the baseball during that span, which which Jose Altuve has a higher slugging percentage than him, who I don't you don't think of that's as that's amazing. Like, that is a power bat, and Matt Kemp is right behind him. That's the right kind of stuff him. that you come to stats speak for. That's yeah, amazing. I mean, Matt Kemp, Chris Davis, and Carlos Beltran are all behind, all around him in that span. So yes, I see that. And among first basemen, you see you got Goldschmidt, Rizzo. Miggy, Votto, Encarnacion, Davis. Yeah, you got a lot. See, that's not even to say that I think Jose Bray's a bad hitter or to to jump on him or he's the reason that they're not good this year. But to your point, I mean, that's startling. The high OPS on the team was 818, and that's Todd Frazier. And and that's being propped up by a bunch of home runs. I mean, he doesn't have many doubles. He's not getting on base. He just has 19 home runs. Which is what they needed. Fine, if you, you you have a guy that just touched some runs, but other than that, there's just not much else going on in that offense. No, they their offense is twentieth in sl- in on base percentage. And it's either right. Their slugging has been propped up, but not by much. They're twenty seventh in the majors in slugging percentage, which has the Braves, Phillies, and Dodgers right um right behind them. So yeah. now, all this being said. We also, I also brought up the James Shields thing. I do think the James Shields move wasn't a bad move. That's terrible. Why? That's a terrible move. I, I just, I don't get the James Shields thing. I don't get it. Like, James Shields, I, he throws, there comes a point now, and since baseball has kind of evolved now, pitching is much better and all that stuff, and bullpens have become more prevalent in the game today. The whole innings eater thing on James Shields' uncle, okay? I- I'm sick of a guy who could throw... He was in San Diego last year and threw the 391 Ernie. I-, I just... He is what he is now. He's a 3... And the FIP was way worse than that. Yeah. He's a 3-5 at best pitcher. If a guy and can... he's and Is he going to throw to a 3-5 in Chicago in the summertime in that ballpark? I don't think so. Like, last night... It won't be as bad as last night. It won't be much better. You say in that ballpark. I don't think it's your cellular oh. is necessarily a hitter's park. It is. I think it's kind of middle of the road. I don't think it's ne- I don't think it's drastically one way or the other. Um, it's definitely not a good park for fly ball pitchers. I think the numbers yes. would back that up, yes. which is something that he is. But he also has experience in this division recently, and it was very good. It was in a different situation. He was on the Royals, a better team, a better defense. A better park, park to pitch. And he was pitching at Kaufman Stadium. And he was younger. I mean, he's also up to 34 now. But all that being said, if you get a guy, let's say he only pitches to a 3-8 the rest of the year with the White Sox, and that's maybe even being a little optimistic. But 200 innings for 3-8, and the other thing is they're not paying him. I mean, don't forget, the, the Padres took on a significant portion of that contract. And by so the way, let me ask you this. Who would you rather have? Would you rather have for $10 million a year? Which I'm not sure. I think that's about what Shields is making with, with what they took on from the White Sox. Would you rather have John Danks, who was originally in their rotation, who they dumped? Or would you rather have James Shields? Is, is Rondon just not pitching? 
Is he hurt? Did I miss that? No, he's pitching. So it's so their rotation. How is he pitching? They, he's got to be hurt because the Red Sox just had the Nationals just had a series where they had who started? Uh, Latos, Shields, and Miguel Gonzalez. He he last made a start on June third, so maybe they skipped a start. Maybe yeah. But they uh, I mean they have a lot of holes. Again, although I don't think the James Shields move was that was that bad a move. By the way, two Dom's fact. Oh, they skipped a start. They skipped a start. Yeah, they skipped okay. start. Yes. And to Dom's point also about U.S. Cellular Field, it actually ranks 24th in, oh, sorry, wrong category. I was at runs per game. But ninth, ninth in home runs per game by ballpark. Yeah. So that is, but it is just ahead of Angel Stadium in Comerica Park and shockingly ahead of Oriole Park and Kim and Yards, but right behind Safeco. So, so take it where you will. I mean, I feel like everybody always has feels the need to put every single park into a hitter's park or a pitcher's park, but sometimes that's not true. Right. So, sometimes parks are just parks. Like, to look at the park factor a little bit more, Fenway Park is just ahead of City Field. So, go figure. So, who knows? In what, runs or home runs? In run? home runs per game. Well, home runs make sense. Home runs actually, there aren't a ton of home runs hit at Fenway Park. But I bet if you were to do doubles, it would be astronomically number one by far. That's what I that that would be my doubles. Guess. Fenway Park is. I they gotta be first. Oh, third. Third. Yeah, third. Crazy. Coors Field and Rogers Center. Okay. Well. That that makes, okay, sense. that makes sense. All right. So the White Sox were kind of buying. We're kind of not buying. Well, no, I'm not kinda, buying. I'm out. I'm out. They're not winning the division. They're but just the not... division stinks. They're only a couple games back. I think the Tigers, Royals, and Indians are better. The Tigers. The Tigers. Are you just trying to bait me? I'm not Is baiting it, you. Are you just pulling a Skip Bayless I'm right not, now? I'm not baiting you. They. Everyone still. You forgets. can't still think the Tigers are good. Everyone still remember they still have a, they still have Victor Martinez. They still have Miguel Cabrera and Castellanos is hitting um, is outstanding this year. Ian Kinsler's had a great year. Stop They're naming the, dinosaurs like brontosauruses are cool and like. Come on. I'm not buying this I'm office. not naming A-Rod to Shara and Carlos. <laughs> well, Bosa. that's... Like, I'm... That I'm not... You know, you know what I literally saw? The headline of an article yesterday was something like, like the, the Yankees are finally realizing their offensive potential. They're scoring, like, five runs a game over their last, like, seven games. They're hitting, like, two, four... Like, yeah, finally realizing it. Yeah. That's not, but they're not hitting well. Detroit, they're hitting slightly better than Det- the terrible hitting before that. Detroit is third in average. They are tied for eighth in runs scored with Baltimore. And they are sixth in slugging. And they are sixth in on base. And Audible Sanchez has a 6-3-0 ERA. And Mike Pelfrey has a 4-7-6 ERA. Okay, so, so they would be the two and three stars on the Red Sox? No, we've been over this. Not in this podcast. Okay, but who has a higher starting rotation here? Who has a lower starting rotation here? Right? The Tigers or the Red Sox? I was, it's the Tigers. Yeah, so zip it. Okay. You, you did mention Justin Verlander, who I believe in our first podcast you demolished this year and saying there's no way Justin Verlander will ever be good again. I don't think he's good again. I think he has a he has a three nine seven ERA this year, so he's been average. But as you astutely pointed out with the David Price argument off air, that well, it's only a few bad starts, but oh, the most part, good starts. 
Is that true with Verlander? A couple of bad starts, mostly good starts? Yes. All right. One, By the way, two, my- three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine of his 12 starts, quality starts. By the way, Michael Fulmer, 283 ERA and, and more than a K per inning. How weird is it, crazy is that the Mets had him also in their farm system. That, that, that this year, if they don't make that trade, which of course they should have made that trade, if they don't make that trade, they have another young stud starting pitcher coming up right behind Matt. Crazy to me. The Mets. Sandy. Gets no credit. Um, all right, are we done talking about the White we're, Sox? We're done with okay, the White so Sox. we're going to do something a little different for the third segment. So what we wanted to do is we're going to go through each di- current division leader and we're going to kind of play a real or not real. Are we buying it? Are we not buying it? And hopefully we can back it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I forget which teams we said uh, we were we, take I'll take the National League. You take the American okay, League. Okay, so. then we're just pretty much just going to bring them up. So yeah, go ahead. so I'll start, start with the National, National League. League. And we'll start with the National League East. And the Washington Nationals hold a three-and-a-half game lead over the New York Mets. Real or not real, Dom, I'll start with you. All right. Unfortunately, I kind of wrote out my reason, my uh, answers to this, and I kind of hedged my bets a little bit on this because I'm going to say real, but not this real. What? All right, the first one. You just well, the, totally I, ruined the game. Real, I but not this. No, it's real or not real. Pick a side. Then not real. Then I'm going to pick thank, not real. Thank you, and God. My, and just, my my number to back that up is a one is one point zero two five. That's Dan Murphy's current OPS. Why do I say that's the reason that they're not real? Because Dan Murphy's not going to finish the season with an OPS over 1,000. In fact, I predict Dan Murphy has a pretty big slump on the horizon anytime now. Any day now it's going to start. It's going to happen. So I'm saying real, but not this real. Okay. I'm going to say not real because I'm a Met fan. And last year, before every Met let's let's fair, go... Fair and unbiased. Yeah, well, let's... I'll, I'll have some backups to it, too. Okay, let's go back to last year and see if some things sound familiar. The Mets team captain was hurt for an extended period of time. Their offense was struggling. They were behind the Nationals, everyone's prohibited favorite, to win the division by as much as four and a half games. Everyone was concerned about the offense, but knew the Mets pitching can keep them above water. And what eventually happened? Yeah, the Mets did have to acquire Uranus Cespedes, call up Michael Conforto, get Kelly Johnson, Juan Uribe to change things around. But the Mets eventually won. Behind, people forget, as much as great as their offense was, their, their pitching also held up their bargain through the whole course of the season. We're at the same point we are this year with the New York Mets. And the problem on why their offensive struggles have gone so much is because Michael Conforto was ice cold from May 1st, um, from May 1st on. As a matter of fact, it started with a game. He was hitting over 360. The Mets entered a game with Madison Bumgarner pitching, and everyone in the tri-state area was like, and Terry was trying to do this. He was going to set him against all lefties because he was like, he's a kid, we're still platooning, blah, blah. He's like, you got to pitch him against Bumgarner. you got to have him against Bumgarner. 0 for 4, 3 strikeouts in that game. From that point, Michael Conforto ranked in batting average as the second lowest in the majors during that span. Second lowest. Who was the lowest out of curiosity? Giancarlo Stanton. Wow. Yeah. And we know his struggles. 41 strikeouts in 99 at bats. He's been so bad. 
And Michael Conforto, not far off, 37 strikeouts and 109 at-bats. Now, he's had some signs of coming out of it lately. He had a game-tying two-run home run last night in Pittsburgh. But also, uh, Yoannis Cespedes was in a 3-for-26 slump before hit, getting three hits last night. So, when you have your two best hitters struggling, and Curtis Granerson even struggling a bit, that's why your offense looks bad. You want to assess for this, and Michael Conforto is not hitting 244 for the whole season. You want to assess for this, is well, not going to be well, ice let's, cold. Let's, wait, let's reel it back a little bit on the Conforto thing. Like, there's literally no track record to go on on Conforto, so we don't know that he's not going to hit 244 the rest of the season. Um, we think he's a better hitter than that, but we don't know that. I, so let's not pretend like that's a given. Okay, that you're right. We don't know that, but there was a And sp- very good hitters ha- are struggle in their first year up all the time. Xander and Bogarts struggled in his first year up, and he's hitting three forty this year, just and, two years later. Yes, and there was a certain hitter during one point last year who was in a crazy slump and eventually got out of it. His name was Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant... From, let me see here. Chris Bryant at one point was hitting 246 at the end of July. He was batted 195 from June 13th to July 31st. Yeah, I mean, the one thing we know is that even so even this late in the season, the the seasons guys are having right now are not necessarily right. what their year are gonna look is gonna look like, um, better or worse. And in fact, another reason that before the season, why I wasn't really buying the Nationals mm-hmm. and why I'm still not really buying the Nationals was their depth in their rotation. Right. Scherzer, you know, whatever. He's been up and down a little bit, but I'm still, you know, he's still an ace. He's still really good. Um, Strasburg's been good. The rest of the rotation, Joe Gonzalez, I don't remember when we taped our last one, but I remember specifically saying that I didn't think that, obviously, Joe Gonzalez wasn't going to be this good. Joe Gonzalez has fallen off a cliff. Last six starts, he's got a six six one ERA. He's been terrible lately. Terrible. He'll go tonight in Chicago, and that probably won't end up being good either. Tonight's Tanner, Thursday. He's going in Chicago. Yeah. Against, okay, yeah. And then you go, and we mentioned Tanner Roark. He struggled in his last couple starts. Joe Ross, I actually think, is good. He was supposed to be good. I actually think Joe Ross good. makes sense to me. He's yeah. a young kid. Sure. Uh, he's 23 years old, which is... But to, like, as Scherzer starts to pick it up... There was one Mets starter that wasn't really pitching well. That, But when the last podcast taped, we didn't think it would be that bad. And then all hell broke loose and he's kind of gone back. Matt Harvey. Yeah, Harvey's but, been good. Yeah, and, and DeGrom's been okay. And right. Matt's has been amazing. And Syndergaard's and, been amazing. Right. And, and Cologne's been really good. Yeah, so it's kind of like... All right. That, so, so I guess when I say real but not real, it's more because I'm more buying the Mets, and right. this is not influenced by Moses at all. I don't care what he says, says to me. I actually do buy the Mets long term more than I'm buying the Nationals long term. So it's that's going, what I say. It's going to be a close race the whole year. They split their first six matchups this season, and they'll meet again in, at the end of the month. And then they have a four game series just before the All Star break at City Field. Right. Central Division, the Chicago Cubs pass. <laughs> Move along. <laughs> real or not real? Real. Of course they're real. The only question is, the only thing that I don't like that isn't real about them is they're not going to win 116 games this year. And the only they're going to win 102. Right. Like, and the only thing I'll say that's not real about it, and I'll go on record for this, they are not winning a postseason series. Okay. Unless, <sighs> I'll put a caveat. Unless they face the Pirates in the first round. I'm <laughs> Sorry, Brian. Uh, <laughs> I'm not... <sighs> 
to say that we can accurately predict what's going to happen in a three-game series in October. Okay. Obviously, if we could accurately predict a five-game series in October, yes, that's that's why I'm going out on a limb, Dom. That's it's funny that's in my point. head. I said three-game series because I was thinking that if they're not if they don't win a series, they're going to get swept like they did the last I, I just, bunch of times. Here's the unfair part of the postseason structure. Okay, right now, as constituted, they it seems likely they'll play either the Pirates or the loser of the National League East, because that's who will be the wildcard team, and as the number one seed, they'll play the wildcard team. It's not fair that they would have to face Strasburg, Ross, Scherzer, because that's how it'll line up with the one-game playoffs, which Scherzer probably will go to that wildcard game, or Harvey, DeGrom, Syndergaard, Matt, how, pick away the Mets will line it up. Yeah. They're better. They're better pitching-wise and God forbid if the Giants some if the Cubs somehow follow a two seed and face the Giants, you're facing Bumgarner, Cueto. Yeah, you have your questions about Samarja, but I just feel like the Cubs' good pitching can stop that offense. Yes, their strikeout rate is much lower than it was last year, and that was a key thing. Schwarber being out of the lineup and adding Hayward, and Schwarber and Castro being out of the lineup and adding Hayward and uh, Zobris in the lineup has helped their strikeout rate. But even so, they are still good pitching will beat. Well, it's because it's still a really young lineup. Yes. Um, there's still a lot of guys on this team that are still getting their feet wet in the big leagues. Like people talk about Chris Bryant, like he's arrived already, and yeah, he's been great this year. Mm-hmm. He's getting he's only getting better this year. He was great last year, but he still has only has less than a full or well, just over a full season now at this point in the big leagues. Addison Russell has uh, not been great this year. Um, so it's still a young lineup, and I agree with you. Good pitching can beat them. But again, we're talking about whether they win a hundred games or right. hundred yeah, they'll, they'll and fifteen games. And and if they're in if they're in a postseason series, and Arietta, you know, has been dominant all year, and and Lester stays pretty good. And what happens first? Cubs win the divi- Cubs clinch a division, clinch a division, or the Bears first win? First, first. Uh, Bears open up on September eleven. Uh the. I think the Pirates are good enough that that the Cubs won't clinch that, that early. early. Okay, they'll clinch. They're gonna win the division, but I think the Pirates are just good enough that they'll keep it interesting until three weeks left in the season. Bears open weeks. against the Texans on September 11th, so I would think the Bears should win that game. Then they face the Eagles and the Why? Cowboys. The Bears are worse than the, the Texans are better. We're not gonna talk football on this podcast, but the Texans are better than the Bears. I don't think so. Okay. I didn't know you loved Jay Cutler that much. I like him better than Brock Osweiler. All right, we're not talking football right now because <laughs> I, I really disagree with what you said. <laughs> um, the NL West, the Giants have a four-game lead over the Dodgers, and we both have our strong feelings on the Dodgers, and they're not great. Well, I brought up before we got on the First real or not real. We both say real, the Giants. I say real, but... But I think but I do think they have vulnerabilities. Offense. Um. Yeah, but the offense it's it's such a it's a contact hitting offense. Buster Posey hasn't even really started to hit yet. Um, I don't think the offense is necessarily where I'm going with the vulnerabilities. I think the rotation has problems. Really? Yeah, because okay. So, I did the numbers before. So, Cueto and Baumgartner have combined this year for a 2.02 ERA. And even if you want to say 
uh, a lot of that, you know, like they pitch in a great pitcher's park, which they do, and all that. I think that's not going to stay there all year. Giants' fifth best ERA in baseball. Yeah, I know, but but then you look down the thing. Like, like Jake Peavy's been atrocious this year. Matt Cain is back on the DL. Like, poor Matt Cain. Like, the guy. I mean, yeah. just stop. Stop with Matt Cain. So who else? And he was pitching really well before he got on the DL. So yeah, he he well he had he had had like two good starts. Three. It was looking like he was three. three. So it was looking like he was gonna be decent. But but what else do they have? Like, they literally don't even have a fifth starter. Like name me the Giants' five, fifth starter right now. Suarez or a- someone. Albert Suarez. Yeah. I don't know him. Maybe he's good, but I, I don't even know the guy. I'm never, I've never heard of him. I'm just saying I don't think. The Cueto and Bumgarner, they're going to come back to Earth just a little bit. Not a lot. They're both really good pitchers. They're both going to be in the contention for Cy Young, whatever. They're going to come back to Earth a little bit. That's maybe their only vulnerability, and the hitting has been pretty up and yeah, down Yeah, Buster year. Posey hasn't really hit a stride yet yeah. this year. But they're the best team in the division, so I'm going to say we're Yeah, good. the Dodgers, the, I mean, outside of Clayton Kershaw, you had the great stat Well, they were... the. They're 11-1. They 11-1 when, when Kershaw starts, starts. and... What is that? 21 and 28 when he doesn't right. start. And look, and we said that with the caveat that you can take any ace out of a team and they're probably record when he doesn't start is way worse. But that's pretty drastic. I mean, they're really, the Dodgers are not a good team. No. They finally, finally cut the Carl Crawford cord. That's, you know, that was a good move. They do have Corey Seager who's been hitting really well. And Lately. they do have the, um, the better Thompson brother. Um, He's not the better Thompson brother. But Trace Thompson's been good. So they have young talent, but I'm The sneaky thing about them, Yasiel Puig's not hitting. Justin Turner's not hitting. Thank God Justin Turner's not hitting. It's not, is it sneaky that Yasiel Puig isn't hitting anymore? Is Yasiel... Uh, you were a big Yasiel Puig fan. Yeah, but I think it's time to just say that Yasiel Puig's just not good. I, I, I think it's time to say he's either just not good or... 643 OPS this year. And he's on the DL right he's now. He's on so. the DL, yeah. I think he's just not good. Yeah, Jack Peterson... Also, though he, he Jack Peterson's been okay though, like seven forty eight OPS. Like but. for a center fielder that plays really good defense, have a seven forty eight OPS at twenty four years old, he's not a problem. I'm I so, agree. He I'm could, so happy that Justin Turner overdrive is just done. done. You think it's done, huh? Yeah, it's done. No, you think you think there's that the the Justin Turner is really good when he's not on the Mets thing. You think that's over? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I could probably agree with that. Yeah. I don't think he was ever like. What he is hitting this year is the Justin Turner I expected. Uh, let's go to the American League. All right, Start the AL, the AL East. Yeah, the the Baltimore Orioles have a one and a half game lead currently. Real or not real, Moses? Flip a coin. I not real. The Orioles and the Red Sox are the same team, right? Like they're the, the same only exact difference team. is David Price, right? Who you don't even think is an ace, but he's clearly think, a better pitcher than anybody yeah, in the Orioles. Chris, even though Chris Tillman has been really good lately. Well, um, I, I did the numbers because I'm saying not real in the Orioles. Mm-hmm. And the reason I'm saying that is because if you take Chris Tillman out of the out of the rotation, the rest of the rotation has a 518 ERA this year. Um, Ubaldo Jimenez might be the worst pick player in the league this year. Not only does their starting rotation have a worse ERA this year, but they don't also pitch. I mean, among fewest innings thrown by a starting rotation, the Minnesota Twins, they're last. The Cincinnati Reds, second to last, so two of the worst teams in baseball, followed by the Oakland A's. They're in last place in their division. The Kansas City Royals, we all know that they really don't even value their starting rotation going that deep. Then you have the Baltimore Orioles. The Baltimore Orioles have the fifth 
fewest innings thrown by a starting pitching staff this year. And our bullpen is good. It's not Royals good and ain't Yankees good. Uh, that I'm going to disagree with you on. But go on with what you, with your point. In the sense that I don't think it's it's sustainable. I think Britain, Brack, and O'Day. I know O'Day's on Brad, the deal. Brack. <laughs> I know O'Day's on the deal right now. But I think Britain, Brack, and O'Day are as good a back end of the bullpen as anything. Maybe a, a notch below the Yankees, just as good as the Royals, though. Okay. Um, but like you said, they're going to overwork that. Right. Like, you're, you're absolutely right. None of the starters go deep into games, and you don't want them to go deep because they're not good anyway. And by the way, we mentioned the Royals. A part of the reason why they got Johnny Quay last year is to help their bullpen get innings last year because they lost a bunch of innings with James Shields gone. The year before, so unless they make that move for starting pitching, we we both discussed that starting pitching trading market. You have to get very creative this year, yeah. Because there's not. I mean, you could go Sunny Gray. Sunny Gray doesn't even make good this year to even think. Right, about like I don't. Hard. I don't think. I don't think the A's even trade Sunny Gray. But honestly. then you talk about the Orioles starting pitching, and yes, David Price is on the Red Sox. The Orioles do have a lower starting rotation here, right, than the Boston Red Sox at four point. Six six. I mean, it's tenths. Yeah, I was gonna say that's it's that's tenths, pretty much pretty much the same. A point. Again, all, all that being said, though, as 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 a person that's not a fan of either team, whose rotation would you rather have? The Red Sox rotation oh, Red Sox. of Price, Red Porcello, Sox. Wright, Red Edward, Erod. Yeah, Red Sox. I just named you four pitchers that I'd probably rather have over anybody on the on the Orioles, maybe outside of Chris Tillman. The unfortunate thing is, whoever wins the division will not will not. Well, because the Blue Jays are right there, too. Yeah, And the Blue Jays, shockingly, have one of the better staffs in all of baseball. Right. Nobody's really talking about it because they don't have an ace. The Blue Jays have the seventh lowest starting rotation ERA in baseball. Right, which people don't really seem to think about. The Aaron Sanchez that, has been good, even though Stroman has struggled of late. The uh, other, Jay Happ has been good. Right. Uh, he's actually been kind of rough lately. Yeah. But the, uh, the other reason why I say not real on the Orioles is because of the Red Sox. And, of course, I'm going to sound like a homer, but, like... It, you can't really deny that the Red Sox offense not only has been the best offense in the league this year, it's been by far the best offense in the league this year. They've scored way more runs than anybody else. Their, their OPS is, if it was a single player, would be a great player. Like, their their team OPS is like 870 or something this year. I don't have it in front of me, but... Uh, who's? The Red Sox. 837 is their team OPS. 837. That's a great player if it's just a player on his own. Yeah. Uh I'm just saying that the Red Sox offense is so good, and they haven't slumped yet either. And um, we do know about the Red Sox that Dave Dabrowski, who's their GM, will get, well, who's their president, not their GM, uh, the front office structure. And GMs don't matter anymore. Yeah. GMs don't matter. We all, everybody knows the figurehead of the head of, head of front office. He's going to, he's going to can get you name, Can you even name me the Red Sox GM? Can no, you name him me? No. Mike Hazen? Yeah. Doesn't matter. It, 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 you know he's going to get you someone, right? You know he's going to find some effed up creative way to get you. He's going to get you like Matt Moore and Alex Cobb or something like. That. Like he'll find some way to get somebody. I, I just, I, I. That's why I like Dombrowski. That's why I think the Red Sox will win the division. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, we'll move on. Um, the uh, now this is the division you and I are going to have the most. The Central disagree with. Indians. I'm saying a big not real. And I really like the endings before the season. Okay. And I still like okay. I still really like the rotation obviously. You you say not real. But let me then go to then who is real in the division? I don't know if anybody is. So maybe so right. So maybe by default 
the Indians are real in division winners. Yes. Now, now you know what? I'm going to take that back. You know who's real in the division? Don't say the Royals. The Royals. The Royals. <clears throat> Look, and I know my biases are screaming out of the Royals because I, I, I hate the Royals. Okay, I hate them. I hate. They're overrated. They barely. How are they the, overrated? They barely won the World Series. Silence from me. I think they barely won the. Barely winning the World Series doesn't mean you're overrated. First of all, they made it two years in a row, and they won last year. And they barely won. What are you talking about? They, they barely won. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to. They won though. They won. Who cares if you barely win? You don't get. There's no style points when you rate when you you're the team that won the championship. You won the championship, and they made it two years in a row. So you can't even say like, oh, what a fluke season they had. Two years in a row, they made the World Series. So that, don't give me this Mets bias over here. All right. The only thing you could tell me about the Royals is that they're getting really beat up with injuries right now, and they have guys like like uh, Brett Merriweather and and Whit Merrifield. Whatever. <laughs> Does it matter? Like, do you? Think, like, I don't think it matters. They, but you're right. Royals, I was pretty wrong on the, the name. To the point that I just made that the Royals uh, barely won the World Series. They led in eight innings in the World Series. Eight. Moses. Six of them coming in There's game no, two. It doesn't matter. There's no style points. They won the... I understand you're bitter. I understand you're sad. I get it. But they won, dude. They won the World Series, and they made it two years in a row. They're real. Okay. Maybe they're not real this year. Like I said, the only thing you could tell me is injuries are going to hurt them. Like the Mike Moustakas injury, that's a big blow. Even bored. if you think he's only a you know above-average hitter, right. his defense, his hitting, like that's a big blow. What about Whit Merrifield? He's been filling in well at third base. Or is, no, sorry. That's not that's not Wood Merrifield. It's Chesler Cuthbert. Well, you know what, Royals? Look, as much of a Midwest team as you are, and you got your barbecue and stuff, you can't have guys named Chesler and Wit on your same. But their the offense team. is not even as bad. Look, look. This is why I'm saying not real in the Indians. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you four four player names: Juan Uribe, Jose Ramirez. Raji Davis and Lonnie Chisholm. Isn't Jose Ramirez hitting over 300? Who cares? He would not be starting on a lot of teams. And he's only 23. He's young. Fine. He's not a starting player. Why? All right. Take Jose Ramirez out of there. Take, say right. You, you want to say Jose Ramirez has I love outside. how you make the age argument for some guys and not other guys. How come he can't be a 23-year-old guy that's just coming into his own? Sure. He totally could be. Okay. But... Um, but take him out. Fine. Explain to me why Jose, why Juan Uribe is a starting third baseman on a team. It's clutch. <laughs> Explain to me why Raji <laughs> Davis and Lonnie Chisholm are the other two-thirds of their outfield. Terry Francona. Tyler Naquin. Tyler Naquin hitting over 300. But you're not buying any of these players. You can't tell me... Why, why, why can't I buy... Why can't Tyler Naquin, Jose Ramirez, and... Uh, give me a... Big uh, Lon. Big Lonnie... Be the same as Alex Gordon, Lorenzo Cain, and Alcides Escobar. Are you kidding me? Remember, re- wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Remember in 2014 what everyone thought of Alcides Escobar, Lorenzo Cain, and Alex Gordon. What did everybody think of them? Alex Gordon was a nice player, good defensively, always amongst the analytics and the range of like defensive run save and all that stuff. But he was just a nice player, and that's it. 
How come Lanny Chisenhall can't be that? Who is also a highly regarded prospect in the Indian system and now has found a place in the outfield and is hitting He found a place because they don't have anybody else. He is no Alex Gordon. Like, to compare the two players, Alex Gordon has been one of the best outfielders in baseball for years about, now. I'm talking, and he's a pretty good hitter. I'm talking, Lorenzo Cain Lorenzo was an MVP candidate last year. I'm talking about in 2014. Remember what everyone thought of the Royals in 2014 at this point in the year. That's what I'm saying. To compare those two outfields, even in 2014, is absurd. Who was Lorenzo Cain in 2014? Entering that year. Entering that year? Yeah. He was was nothing. Nothing, right? Nothing. Okay. So why... why He was a 17th round pick. Right. Um, He was already kind of old at that point. Right. He was nothing. Okay. So why can't Tyler Naquin be Lorenzo Cain? This is one of those things where, like... Who was a first round pick in 2012. 15th overall. Just because it has happened before doesn't mean it's going to happen like that. But you're you're like, but you're believing in the Royals team, but part of the thing of the AL Well, I believe in the Royals for a lot more than just Lorenzo Cain and Alex Gordon who's on the DL anyway. Like, there's a lot of reasons to believe in the Royals. And why? And what about, the, we mentioned Jose Ramirez. How can Jose Ramirez not? Sure. I see to the Jose Ramirez have, thing. He was a little and, younger and, than I okay, thought he was. You mentioned Fine. those guys, but you forget about Jason Kipnis and Francisco Lindor. And, oh, their pitching staff is really good, too. Like, cool. you're, you miss, like, two, like, five major parts of this team. Yeah, because I, they have such massive major holes in the offense that I, I don't care about the rest. Yeah, they're they're the rotation is fantastic. Even though even that's been not quite as good this year as it usually has. Kluber's been like up and down. Kluber's been like eh. up and down. Carrasco just came off the DL. He's had two Dave two crappy starts since he came off. Salazar's been great, although he he um he's kind of banged up right now. He's right. they're skipping a start of his, mm-hmm. but. You don't think that offense, like, you don't think there's some major holes in that offense. You don't think that, like, like, yeah, of course they could break out. Like, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying I could see, especially seeing how the Indians played the Royals over this four-game series last weekend, I just feel like the Indians could be this, this coming of the Royals. But you're not saying real. And the real or not real, you're not saying real that they are, they are the best team in that division. Well, because you know the team I actually think is the Go best. ahead. And this is... The Detroit Tigers. Okay. Okay. So stop arguing for the Indians. Well, I just don't. I don't if you I, don't think they're real either. I, Why don't you think they're real, though? Why don't you think they're going to win the division? If everything you just said, you think they have a bunch of offensive guys that could break out or are in the process I of think, breaking I out, think the Tigers, you think they have a good pitching staff. I think the Tigers' staff. offense will out, outdo the Indians' pitching. And I think the Tigers... If I look at each team's strong suit, the Tigers' offense can offset their pitching more than the Indians' pitching can offset their offense. And I think the Tigers' pitching is is bad enough that they're not going to go anywhere this year. They're a 500 team, and that's where they're going to stay. I, I But I do think the Indians are better than the Royals. It's tougher and tougher for me to keep arguing for the Royals, though. though with the Moustakas injury, Gordon's going to be out for another, I think, another month. Right. Um, I, I, I get it. I'm going to have to get off of the Royals thing at some point. But they still they still can pitch. They still have a good rotation. They still have a great bullpen. They do have a good rotation. Don't give me that look. I love, nobody on the podcast can see all the looks that you give me. They do have a good rotation. It's better than a lot of teams' rotations. It's not amazing. They don't have an ace anywhere on the staff. 
but Folquez is pretty good. Ian Kansas City Royals starting good. rotations four nine seven ERA. That's twenty fifth in the majors. That's way worse than I thought it was. Way worse than I thought it was. Clearly, because you were touting Oof. how good it was. It's awful. It's not that bad. Okay, the Los Angeles Angels better. Has anybody realized outside of Kansas City? That Chen Ming Wong is back in the league and pitching decently. They had a game where how Chen, crazy is they that? They had a game where Chen Ming Wong and Dylan G <laughs> and Chris Young and Danny Duffy all appeared in it. It was like okay, I no, I think it was Chris Medlin maybe instead of uh, Danny Duffy. It was like all former starters in the Eastern. Danny Duffy's been really good by the way yeah, lately. Since he got back in the rotation, he's been it's really great. good lately. They still have a four nine seven team ERA. It's a way worse than I thought it was. Um, I'll go back a little bit on yeah. that. A little bit. A yeah. little bit. So that, so my look was justified. All right. Fair enough. Um, the In the West, um, we have the Rangers. They have a three-game lead. I think... Real. Uh, we're both saying real, real. the Rangers. Just, Rangers have the fourth lowest starting ERA in the majors. So. And even that, I'm not completely buying that their rotation is that is this good because they have a couple guys playing over their head. However... Hamels and Darvish at the top of the rotation. Outside of Sale and Quintana, can anybody else in the in the AL and that's claim and that's that? and that's the thing with the American League. While we talked about how the Cubs may have a tough time in the National League because they don't have three good starters, the or three like lockdown stars because you could say John Lack, he's a, obviously a good starter, but when you compare it to other guys, you know all sets. The Rangers are really the only team in the American League that you could say has two bona fide aces. One, two. You mentioned Sailing Quintana, but we don't we don't think the White Sox will be in postseason contention. Right, and you can tell me Quintana's not like an ace. Like right. he's a good above average pitcher. The the key there with the the Mariners is uh, they were in first place about a week ago, but several things happened. Felix went on the Felix went on the disabled list. Taiwan Walker struggled with those things. In play, that's why there are three games back. And until Felix comes back, and until I see more consistency out of Walker, he did throw eight shot innings yesterday against the Indians mm-hmm. in Seattle, um, striking out eleven. I still think that it's it's going to be the Texas Rangers division to win. I mean, they're they're having a putrid season from Prince Fielder, yet Ian Desmond's having a great year. Adrian Beltre's having a good year. Been so bad. Runato Odor. Um, Runato's no, been great. Nomar Mazar come up, and, and the guy just has not stopped And then hitting. I mean, I feel like every day I look at the box score, Nomar Mazar has two hits. And like, then Jerickson Profar. And Jerickson Profar, who is is the forgotten man, but it wasn't long ago when I remember you would open uh, you would open Baseball Reference and there would be a thing, like an advertisement, it would say, like, who who of these prospects is going to be the best long term future? And it was yeah. like Trout, Harper, Machado, and Profar. Like right. people forget that Profar is a big big time guy yeah. who has had a lot of injury issues, but clearly is still a decent hitter. Right. And then you add in Odor, and you add in the fact that Ian Desmond is somehow not only hitting well but playing a pretty good center field, which makes no sense. The team is is so for real, top to bottom. They're 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 one of the most maybe after the Cubs the most complete team in all of baseball I would say mm-hmm. in that you know the pitching and everything and we said we were going to bring up each of these teams and say we are not real with the number well my number was going to be um like ten point nine that's your Darvish's K per nine through first three starts back so like the guy's Surrey and he even sp- left his uh, start yesterday with some shoulder tightness but they say he's okay right so like so he's he seems to be back to normal and. 
they're a really good team. They're a really good team. They, the only problem they might have is uh, they have a closer issue. But even that's not as much of an issue now because Sam Dyson's back there and he's been okay. Sean Tallison's ERA is like a 9-5 and he's still in the club. Like, mm-hmm. probably should send him down at some point. But other than that, there's really very little to quibble with. So, Matt Bush, uh, former number one overall pick, got out of jail. He's got a 1-5-4 ERA this year. Prince Fielder, as we're talking, by the way, and Prince Fielder has been just atrocious right now, but a uh, Astros-Rangers game is on in the background, and Prince Fielder came on the screen. I shook my head all sad, Prince Fielder, and he hit a home run, so how against, about that? Against a team that, uh, uh, against the Houston Astros, who was everyone's darling to make the World Series this year, they played well, but that tells you how big of a hole they dug themselves. They played that's a, that's so well. That they are now only what seven and a half out. Yeah, like they're they're three under five hundred, and the, the the sad thing with them is like they're eight out. I I think they're more the team that's been playing well lately than the team that played poor earlier. But like you said, they dug a hole. Yeah, they dug a hole where they're gonna have they're gonna have another Dallas Keuchel. Uh, and if they lose right now, Texas is beating Houston forty two, and if they lose today, that would make them eight. They make nine and one this year. The Rangers are against the Astros. really, so. You can do that. Yeah, I, 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 uh, I would say I even buy the Mariners more than I buy. Oh yeah, the Mariners. Too. Yeah, obviously. like the Mariners are actually a pretty decent team. Cano, Seager in the middle of that lineup. The pitching is good. Mm-hmm. The Mariners are pretty good. Yeah, we both picked that before the season when we yeah. did our predictions. We both thought they were going to be better than people said. Yep. Depoto kind of redid that whole roster. So. Yeah, pretty good. All right, so uh, we're wrapping this up here. That was uh, that was it. That was it. Episode 3, technically, because episode 1 was a two-parter. So, season 2, episode 3. Obviously, the frequency that we do episodes is lower, but the quality's up. You know, less quantity, more quality. The way you wrap up these podcasts is always just my... You know what? Because I don't prepare anything. (laughs) I always always forget that that we're going to have to wrap it up at some point. And uh, I don't have anything ready to go, so... Just ramblings of a mad person here. Land the plane. Come on now. Land the plane. See now. See now. I'm now I'm frazzled. Now I'm <laughs> now now I'm shaky. I don't know how to land the plane anymore. Anyway, um, Twitter handles. Twitter handles. We already said the Twitter. Everybody's sick of. Nobody's gonna follow me on Twitter at this point. I mean, if it hasn't was, happened in the past year and a half, it's not gonna promo happen. Promo person ever. I mean, if I had written something, I'd probably be a little better. Anyway, <laughs> he's 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 Moses Messina. I'm Dom Campana. This has been Stat Speak, season two, episode three. Again, I usually like to say when we're going to do the next episode, but we don't really know. We try to do it. Schedules are weird these days. We're both working a lot, but we will try to get another episode out soon. You know, I've had I've had people, several people come up to me in the last couple weeks, Moses, and say, where's the podcast? When's the next episode? That's weird. Apparently, a few people are listening. Yeah. I don't know who, but a few. Yeah. Pretty much just our friends, but yeah. anyway. Uh, so that's it. We're going to call it quits. Um, have a great day and uh, enjoy some baseball.